He doesn't know my wife or my family. He doesn't know where I work. He doesn't know how tall I am or how much I weigh. He doesn't know anything about me because he doesn't know who I am. You see, it's, it's a, a one-sided relationship. I can know all this stuff about LeBron, but he doesn't know me at all. He can't pick me out in a lineup. He doesn't know anything about me. He doesn't know my age. Nothing. Brothers and sisters, guess what? I can tell you everything about Jesus. I can tell you everything you want to know about Jesus. What do you want to know about him? I know where he was born. He was born in Bethlehem. I know his mom and dad, Mary and Joseph. Uh, The first miracle Jesus ever did, he turned water into wine. I know that Jesus was baptized in the Jordan River by John the Baptist. I know that Jesus had uh, 12 followers that were called disciples. One of them, named Judas, betrayed Jesus. What do you want to know about Jesus? I I know Jesus. I know Jesus Christ. I know him. I'm on my way to heaven. What do you want to know about him? Ask me a question. I'll tell you the answers. Jesus was a great orator, a great speaker, a great preacher. He liked to use parables. He spoke the parable of the sower. He spoke the parable of the ten virgins. He spoke the parable of the wheat and the tares. He liked to preach in parables. He would say the kingdom of heaven is like this. He spoke the parable of the good Samaritan. What else do you want to know about Jesus? I'll tell you. He had a a good friend. One of his best buddies' name was Lazarus. Lazarus passed away. And Jesus went and raised him from the dead. What do you want to know about Jesus? I know Jesus Christ. I know him. I'm on my way to heaven. I know who Jesus is. I know him. Jesus, one time, with just a few fish and loaves, fed 5,000 people. What do you want to know about Jesus? I know everything about the Lord Jesus Christ. I know him. I know Jesus. He ate with publicans and tax collectors. Uh, He ended up being falsely accused and betrayed and was crucified and died and rose again three days later and came back in physical form and presented himself and showed people the nail scars in his hands. Then he ascended and he told us that he would be back and he's gone right now preparing a place for us. Someday he's coming back for us and it seems like it's coming soon. What do you want to know about Jesus? I'll tell you everything you want to know about him. I've got a lot of the things he said committed to memory. I can spout off scriptures that he has said. I know Jesus Christ. I know him. I know Jesus. But brothers and sisters, it's just like the the analogy I made with LeBron. It's entirely possible for me to know all this stuff about the Lord Jesus Christ. And to have him look at me and say, I'm sorry, I don't know who you are. Isn't that scary? It is entirely possible for me being up here on stage preaching the word, having studied this word, being able to spout off all kinds of stuff about Jesus, and him look at me and not know who I am. Matthew chapter 7, verse 21. Start there. This, this quite possibly could be one of the worst scriptures in the Bible. Listen, it says, 
Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that does the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name and cast out many devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works? Then I will profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. You want, you want to know what bothers me about that scripture, what doesn't sit well with me, what I, I really don't like? Do you know how many times I've prayed that prayer? Lord, Lord. Lord, Lord, help me with my family. Lord, help me with my finances. Lord, Lord, help me with my marriage. I've prayed that prayer so many times. We like to read that scripture and we like to think about someone that's a lot worse off than we are and think, ooh, yeah, that could happen to him. But brothers and sisters, this scripture is applicable to every last one of us in here. It is we got to stop thinking about someone else and think about, could it be me? Could it be me? that When I stand before him, am I going to say, Lord, I, I don't understand. I went to church every week. I even went on Wednesday nights. I, I don't understand, Lord. And, and the scary thing is, is, look what he says to them. Look at his responses. He says, I never knew you. Depart from me. He says, I don't know you. To these people that are calling him Lord. These people must have said some, some type of prayer in their lifetime. Must have said, Lord, you are my Lord, you are my Savior. They had to have prayed. They had to have attended church. They, they can't be just rank heathens. They wouldn't be calling him Lord. And, and, and imagine spending your whole life going to church. Even giving some money. Even helping out when the pastor says, hey, someone needs moved or whatever it is. Helping out and standing before him. And look what he says. I never knew you. Not only does he say, I don't know who you are. But he actually says, I never knew you. Meaning, at any point in your life, he never knew you. Never. Not once I did used to know you, but you fell away. He says, I never knew you. Never at any point in your life did he know you. Imagine that. Standing before him being shocked and and thinking, walking up to those pearly gates and you're next in line to be judged and you think, there's Jesus, there he is. Excuse me, I'm coming through. And those gates being shut right in your face because Jesus says to you, I don't know who you are. I, I never knew you. Depart from me. In other words, leave. Get out of here. This place, my home, it's not for you because I don't know who you are. That's so scary because it could be me. I've prayed, Lord, Lord. It's scary. Prophesying. I've done wonderful works in his name. At least I think I have. Brothers and sisters, that's applicable to us, to me. That's scary. Oh, the Lord, He likes to confirm His word. He He does. And I thought this was odd, and it never clicked until this morning. Yesterday, I'm sorry, Friday, we had a ball game over at Y City, and there's a set of bleachers behind the backstop, and we were sitting kind of more towards the outfield down a first base line. Well, I was hungry. I worked all day and went straight to the ball fields, hadn't had nothing to eat. So 
we went to the concession stand, me and my son. We were walking to the concession stand, and someone up in the bleachers, you know, hollered, and I could see him waving. And it was a bald person with sunglasses on. You ever had someone wave at you and you're not quite sure who they are? Maybe you've never seen them before or something like that. It was, it was kind of one of them awkward things. And at first I didn't know, you know, you'll give the turnaround to see if they're waving to someone else. And I looked back, there was anyone else, just me and my son. So I kind of gave a complimentary wave and we went to the concession stand. Now it was closed, so we went back to our seats. Well, I, I said, Shannon, someone's down there waving at me. I have no idea who it is. Who is that guy? So she kind of looked down there and thought maybe it was someone uh, that I used to work with. Well, it was bothering me so bad, so I kind of walked down that way and ended up, it was one of my good friends that it was just hard to see because he was up in there and he had sunglasses on and he had more hair the last time I saw him. He was kind of bald now. So I said, Mikey, how you doing, man? I said, man, I couldn't hardly recognize you from down there. And man, we shook each other's hand and hit each other on the back and ended up talking for 10 or 15 minutes. That's Mikey. I know his wife. I know his kid. His, he has two daughters that were really good softball players. He used to train me on this one job years and years and years ago. That's Mikey, my old buddy Mike. I know who that is. I know you. I know Mike. And the very next day, I thought this was odd, but the very next day, this was yesterday, Saturday, we were at another ball game, and my son's team was getting their uh, photo, team photos taken. It was kind of crowded in this room. There's people and kids running everywhere. And we were just kind of hanging out, talking to a few other parents that we know. And there's a guy standing off to my left. You know, I just wasn't really aware of him. And he came and walked right past me. I mean, directly in front of me and turned to face me. I said, hey, Jason, how you doing, man? And he kind of kept on walking. And I said, good, man. And I kind of pat him on the shoulder. Brothers and sisters, I have never seen this man in my entire life. Never. And I saw him full on. He looked me right in the face. And I have never seen this person in my entire life. Never. And I said, Shannon, it happened again. I don't know. Who in the world is this guy? So he, he walked out and I never saw him again. I have no idea who this man was. No idea. But then I got to thinking about it. It's just the Lord confirming his word is one of two things. Either Jesus Christ is going to recognize you or he's not going to recognize you. Or he's going to say, I don't know who you are. I'm sorry, I don't know who you are. I never knew you. I don't know you. Turn in in your Bible to Matthew chapter 25. We'll start in verse 1. This is one of our Lord's parables, and a good one at that. And it says, Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins, which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. And five of them were wise, and five of them were foolish. And they that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. But the wise took their oil in their vessels with their lamps. While the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight there was a cry made, Behold, the bridegroom comes, go out you to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps, and the foolish said unto the wise, Give us of your oil, for our lamps are gone out. But the wise answered, saying, Not so, lest there not be enough for us and you. 
But go rather to them that sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and they that were ready went in with him to the marriage, and the door was shut. Verse 11 says, Afterwards came also the other virgins, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Verily I say unto you, I know you not. Brothers and sisters, when we read this parable, we like to look at it as five good, wholesome, pure virgins and five terrible prostitutes that are evil and wicked. But that's not actually what the Bible's saying. The Bible's actually saying they're all ten virgins, unspotted from the world, unsoiled, untouched. And guess what? They're all looking for Jesus. They're all looking for the bridegroom. Who's the bridegroom? It's Jesus, right? Jesus is saying this is what the kingdom of heaven is like. There are ten virgins. Now five were foolish and five were wise, But it's not five pure, awesome versus five heathens. No, this is all ten church-going virgins, unspotted, unstained from the world. And they are all looking for Jesus. When someone yells, "There, the bridegroom comes, they all go running out. It's not that the five say, we don't care about Jesus, who cares, I'm going out to party. No, they all are looking for Jesus. They all have, must have had some sort of uh, religious lifestyle. They all must know who Jesus was. They all thought they knew the scriptures and they had him in their hearts. They all thought, I'm going to be married to this bridegroom. I am going to heaven. That's what they all thought. They're all looking for Jesus. When someone said, here comes a bridegroom, they all took off running with their lamps out there looking for the bridegroom. They weren't out looking for a bar or to party down or to drink or do drugs or something. They were looking for Jesus. But what's scary is they run out of oil and they have to go to the market and buy more oil. And in the meantime, Jesus goes in with the five wise and the doors, the five wise ones and the doors shut. And brothers and sisters, once the door is shut, it's shut. It is shut. That's it. It's shut. No more decisions to be made. Once the door is closed, it is closed. And those five come back from the market, and they bang on the door, and noticeably they say, Lord, Lord, again. They're, they're claiming him as Lord over their lives. You are Lord over my life. You are Jesus. I know you. I know who you are. Lord, open unto me. It's, it's me, Jason. Open the door. If, you, if you, you would know it was me, if you open and you see me, you would recognize me. Let me in. And look what he says to them. Verily I say unto you, which means truly, I don't know you. I don't know who you are. How could this be? I went to church all my life. I gave money. You know me. You know me. It's me. I got your sayings memorized, some of your parables memorized. The Lord's Prayer, I got it memorized. You want me to quote it to you right now? I say unto you, truly, he says, I don't know who you are. I don't know you. And the door shut, and, and they're not at the marriage feast with the bridegroom, with Jesus. They missed it. It's very scary. I don't want to be one of those people who are shocked on that day, on Judgment Day, standing there thinking, what happened? I I, I knew Jesus. There's Jesus. He's right there. Let let me in. And have him say, "I, I don't know who you are. I never knew you. Depart from me. Leave. This ain't your home. Go somewhere else. 
brothers and sisters, you want to know what does get you into heaven? What statement does get you into heaven? It's not, it's not when I say, I know Jesus. It's not when I say, I know Christ. I know who he is. I'm coming in. That's not it. What does get you into heaven is when he says he knows you. When he acknowledges, that's one of mine. I know him. Enter in. Come on. You're one of my servants. It's his acknowledgement of you. It is him saying, I know you. It is him making the statement, well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I will make you faithful over many. Enter into your rest. That is a statement of his acknowledgement that you are his servant. You are one of his. It's his recognition of one of his people. That's what gets you into heaven. Not so much me saying, I know Jesus, I'm on my way to heaven. I know Christ. That's not what gets you in. It is not what I say when it comes to judgment. It's what he says. He judges. He will either look at you and say, I don't know you, or he will say, he's one of mine. She's one of mine. Enter into your rest. Well done, thy good and faithful servant. That's what gets you into heaven is his acknowledgement of you. John chapter 10 verse 27 says, My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. Brothers and sisters, if you're truly one of his sheep, then he knows you. He knows who you are. So this morning, I'm not asking any one of you if you know Christ. I don't care what your response is to that. I don't care if you say, yes, yes, Jason, I know him, because uh, I'm not asking you that. But here is what I would ask you. Now, forget LeBron. Earlier we said LeBron come in. If Jesus walked into this building this morning, here's what I'm asking you. Would he know you? Would, would he recognize you? What, what if he came in here and didn't necessarily come up on stage? What if he came in here and stood in front of each individual in here? Every individual, not every family, not up here on stage. If he stood in front of you face to face, would he know who you are? Would he know who you are? Would he call you by name? Would he be able to pick you out in a crowd and say, that, there, that's one of mine, come here? Or would he look at you and say, I'm sorry, I don't know you? I never knew you. That's what I'm asking this morning. Does he know you? My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Only those that do the will of my Father will make it into heaven. That, that is the whole point of our lives, is to be obedient to his will. Obey His will for your life. That's how we make it in. When we stand before Him and those gates are closed, when He says, well done, my good and faithful servant, when He acknowledges you, they'll open and you'll be able to go in. It is not what I say. It is not what me saying, I know you, Jesus. That doesn't mean anything. All, all the facts that I said earlier about Jesus, they don't really mean much. They don't. They don't. Because I can know all that stuff, and it is good stuff, and I'm glad I know it, and I hope you know it too. 
But knowing all that stuff is not what gets me into heaven. It's his recognition of me. It's his recognition of you. Amen? Let's please turn these lights down low. And Booth, if you would please begin to play some music so that we can pray just for a moment. Brothers and sisters, I'm going to invite you down to this altar. The altar is open. Come down and make sure that he knows you. Make sure that he would recognize you. Make sure of it. Father God, we love you this morning and we thank you for your word. And Lord, I know I can tell everyone, I can convince everyone around me that I know who you are, that I know you. And Lord, we both know that's not what gets me into heaven. Only if I do your will and follow you and hear your voice and obey your commands. And only if you acknowledge me. Lord, I pray that no one here in this room this morning will be shocked to hear you say, depart from me, for I never knew you. Lord Jesus, we love you. Amen. These altars are open.